0: Do you have questions about the unknown that have never been answered? Tired of going to psychics and wishing you could develop your own intuition? Then Messages from the Other Side podcast is the answer. Weekly episodes feature psychic medium, Simone Salmon, combining her gifts of storytelling and mediumship to narrate real communications with ghosts or angels and interviews with spiritual truth seekers to get the answers you need, so subscribe on Apple Podcast and Anchor FM or go to www.simonesalmon.com. I'm Psychic Medium Simone, and you're listening to Messages from the Other Side. Our amazing presenter this evening is Vincent Jenna. And Vincent Jenna is an author, dynamic speaker, spiritual teacher, and master psychic medium. He has appeared on national television, radio, and print in many outlets. Over the last 29 years, Vincent's life experience, extraordinary intuitive gifts, and authenticity have allowed him to inspire and change the lives of thousands of people around the world by helping them see their magnificence. From the very young age, from a very young age, Vincent's creative talents served as a source of life-saving resilience and on graduating high school, he pursued a career as a professional actor and singer. His career includes performances in various major television, musical theater, and movie productions, such as the original movie, Grease, with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. At 28, Benson experienced a spontaneous spiritual ascension after a series of paranormal events that redirected his life and purpose and caused him to develop psychic abilities. Letting go of the need to be a full-time actor, Vincent awakened to his soul true mission and purpose, working with people who want to explore their consciousness and experience deep spiritual and personal growth and involvement. Vincent's more than 38 years of experiences as a performer metaphysician, and psychotherapist, along with his intuitive abilities, the wisdom gained from working with the dying and his all-loving, compassionate approach make him a highly effective, enlightened messenger, inspirational speaker, and an internationally beloved spiritual teacher. Vincent, welcome. Thank you so much for joining the Miracle Mindfest Summit today. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I have to tell you, I always feel honored when I'm asked to share some of my gifts and enlightenment with the rest of the the world. So thank you so much for that opportunity, Simone.
0: Oh, I, you know, it just warms my heart that you accepted the invitation and a little miracle story is for the, the beginning of this, this interview. I said to my friend the day before, the day after I spoke to you, actually, I said to my friend, I'm going to start asking for referrals because, you know, I needed more people for the summit. Well, don't you know the next day you emailed me two referrals? I did not even have to ask.
1: Well, you know we're connected, so you don't have to ask. If we just open ourselves up, we'll feel what's needed. And there's the proof of it right there. And I'm so grateful that I was able to open up to your need and, and feel that and help fill it. So there you go.
0: Yes, just wonderful, just wonderful. This is just a fabulous co-creation. I wanted to start off tonight's call with an email that I received. And, Vincent, you're going to understand exactly why I'm doing this in a minute once I okay. start to talk about the email. It, it was, you know, it touched me, and it was, it was very jarring, but it also touched me, and it was also almost serendipitous because of our call tonight, and you're going to understand why. So I received a an email from a young lady by the name of Marguerite, and she basically was saying that she had no career path, no money, no idea where she was, why she was even, you know, joining the summit. But what really struck me was that in the email she said that she had been bullied by her brothers, her three brothers, and basically she had been taken advantage of by many family members and just been bullied throughout, you know, the majority of her life. And so she's stuck and she's in this spot and, you know, I could feel the energy of the email that she was living this sadness and depression and, you know, is stuck in this pattern that she's trying to break. But the reason that I wanted to bring this up was because of your background. And I don't believe mm. in coincidence. I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I hope Margarita's is on the call because obviously it was meant for her to listen in tonight because your story is one of bullying, correct?
1: That's my beginning, Simone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. It started, actually, it's very interesting. I spoke with somebody recently who said that your first torment, not only can you bring with you from a past life, but actually starts in the womb. You start receiving negative messages. And from the moment my mother was pregnant with her second child, which she didn't want to be to start with because she she had such a horrible pregnancy with my brother and then one in between that she lost She was praying that this one was going to be a girl, and she only wanted this child if it was going to be a girl. So
2: the
1: the negative messages that were coming in through her belly button or whatever is the the loudspeaker for the outside world for every embryo was coming in that I'm already going to be in trouble because I'm coming in the wrong sex. And and no, your mind doesn't absorb that. Obviously it's underdeveloped, the human mind, but the soul's mind is not underdeveloped. And the soul's mind and the body hears and feels and retains all that energy. So my torment started from the day I was born, which by the way was on April first. Okay. Wow. April Fool's Day. My mother actually thought that the doctor was pulling a prank on her when he pulled me out. Now, the umbilical cord was wrapped around me, so he couldn't show her right away. And as he was telling her, you got a healthy little boy. I'm just, you know, untangling him right now. She said, no, he's not a little boy. He's a little girl. Well, she burst out in tears when she saw that I was a little boy. And that's when it started. From that moment on, she still treated me as if I was a little girl, which caused great antagonizing once I got to school. And so everybody in school chased me, beat me up, threw me in dumpsters, dumped my head in the toilet, peed on me, spat on me. Okay, so that was, that all the way, lasted all the way until I was 17 years old, because back in my hometown, you follow the students from elementary school all the way to high school, so I could never escape it. Then mom turned out to have many, many mental disorders. including um, obsessive-compulsive disorder, borderline personality disorder, depressive disorder, anxiety disorder, and that was all taking out on me and my brother. So we were constantly emotionally and physically beaten at home. To throw on top of it that um, a relative of mine sexually abused me until I was 13 years old, and then... I was an altar boy because I was being Italian and Roman Catholic. I think that there's a mandated law in every Italian family that every male child must be an altar boy. And so, that's my first involvement with the church and of course I was sexually abused by one of the priests. I Yes, I understand pain, abuse, torment, and getting stuck. But here's the thing, Simone, and here's what I tell all the listeners, um, your story is only chapter one of your novel that you came here to write. And I mean yeah. that figuratively. We came here to experience our lives any way we want and write a story of our lives and experience. And the, our beginning story of our youth and the torment that's just chapter one it makes it that much more interesting if we can get beyond that and recognize that none of our torment came for from truth it came from people who were going through their own pains and torment so it yes. wasn't about us it was always about them Always. Yes. And the reason why it hurts so much and people carry it so much is because they bought into it, because they believed it is about them, and they form what I call the I'm not, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I'm not lovable, I'm not deserving, because of all the negative messages. And And so I say that, one, we have to recognize that we're feeling that because of the way we were treated, two... None of it is true or real about us. The only reason why somebody can torment another person is because of the torment they're going through. And three, we are all magnificent children of source, God, spirit, whatever you want to call it. So so we're great. That started my healing process. That started it. So I I appreciate that email. Wow. Wasn't that crazy? I mean, when
0: I saw that, it was just, wow, you know, how – apropos that I receive an email about this, you know, the day before the first interview with someone who actually went through the same type of experience, right. so right. thank you.
1: Right. Yes. And I really truly believe it. it, it yes, Do we, it, we've gone through that stuff. Um, we need to try to change that, creating things that we can sometimes get caught up in and do ourselves. But... Most importantly, we evolve from that. We can grow from that. We can use it, and I am using it. I'm using it today to help other people believe in themselves because the biggest scar that that all caused me was I lost my self-belief. Yes. And that is the most damaging thing because your belief and love of yourself is what reconnects you to your God's Word, to your creative abilities, to the world. To the world. And so I now use that to help motivate other people.
0: That's fantastic. I was going to say that is the most dangerous thing is to lose yourself, to lose your sense of self. So, Vincent, I want to know, how do you go from, you know, this horrible life of being bullied and just trauma, really? to being an actor. What happened?
1: You you know, how did you make this shift? Oh, that that wasn't the shift. That was the lifesaver. The shift came later. Uh, I was always a gifted and talented young child. I guess that was the the catalyst. That was your outlet. Yeah, my outlet, but, but also my beginnings to who I was meant to be today. And when I found that, Getting on a stage and at least hearing for two and a half hours or however long I was performing in a show by myself, singing, it didn't make a difference, with the chorus, that applause were my friends and family I made up in my head loving me. And that kept me alive. Otherwise, I absolutely would have killed myself because I had the thoughts many, many, many times, many times. Uh, but but the resilience that that one piece kept me saying to myself there's got to be something more to that why why don't they love me why why are they treating me they're wrong they're wrong i, I just knew inside of me that that it had to do about them not me so i held on to that And it wasn't until I was a young adult and, well, a a little older than a young adult, I was 28 years old when the shift really came. And actually, the guy who antagonized me the most, I mean, you asked me, what was the miracle in my life that occurred? And one of them, one of them was the greatest antagonizer in school became the catalyst for my spiritual awakening. And that was an, an amazing process right there the kid who caused most of my torment became my dearest friend at our 10-year high school reunion. I had just finished doing the movie Grease. Yes, I was a singer and dancer in the original movie Grease with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. And I went to the reunion and he befriended me and gave me the biggest hug there as if to beg my forgiveness, which wasn't really hard to do. I was already forgiving everybody. And then he... he. Being a friend of mine, I saw that he was being tormented and in an attempt to try to help him and I asked God, I was like, God, you gotta help me help him and people like him. It's hurting me so much to see him hurting. What can I do? And that awoke my, my, you know, all my spiritual um, abilities and, and, and information and insight. But prior to that, it was the acting, it was the performing, it was the being on stage where I found love. Short of that, I received very little, so um, it wasn't a shift. It was a need. It was a survival mechanism.
2: Okay.
0: And now, when you when you did go through this divine, you know, evolution, what exactly happened? What you know, because you hadn't prior to that experienced any type of, um, I guess, yes.
1: Metaphysical
0: gifts. Did uh, you know you had gifts or did this No. <laughs> the,
1: the closest gift I had was my uncle calling me the little professor since I was a little kid because I always chirped up with some answer during an adult conversation because I needed to be heard, whether I was right or wrong. I don't know, but he used to call me the little professor. And so that was my earliest paranormal, if you want to call it, experience but likened to some other people's experiences that was nothing
0: we'll be right back after the break
1: i I remember i was being an actor and i fell in love with that and all i wanted was an academy award i wanted a tony and i wanted an emmy i wanted all three of those statues on my shelf one day And so none of the paranormal stuff, I didn't even know about it. I lived in California, I heard a lot about it. I even went to the Magic Castle, which was a restaurant where magicians did all of their work. So that was the, the most outlandish, out there thing I had ever done. And it wasn't until I moved back to New York that I was introduced to a psychic after, again, you know, asking God to help me help others, all of a sudden I'm meeting these these what I called weird people, right? That's who I am now, and I called, I called them weird back then. And that's when things began to happen. And literally, I'm talking Steven Spielberg epic movie. Apparitions, spiritual apparitions, um, swirling smokes, trancing with other voices coming out of people's mouths to talk to me. Um, friends, all of a sudden, doing automatic writing and introducing me to my guides and higher self, and and being in a room filled with people that were doing a meditation circle and watching swirling white light going around me, going through the sky and. Everybody's freaking out and going, oh, my gosh, who is he? That's how I was introduced to, to my spiritual information. And, and, and here's the thing. Yes, not everybody goes through that. However, everybody can. I was nobody special. What I did is I asked for it without realizing that's what I asked for. I seek and you shall find. Ask and the door is, is open. All you have to do is say, help me. That's what I said. I said, help me help my friend. And that was a door opener. And let me tell you something about the God source within you. It doesn't need a 12-foot door to stick its foot in and give you the information. All you have to do is crack it, and it will load you up as much as it possibly can before you close that door.
2: Wow. And it did.
1: It snuck it all in. And all of a sudden, I was reading minds. I was seeing dead people. I was telling the future. I had insights about life. And, and meanwhile, my wife at the time, I mean, we've been together 40 years and married 35 now. She was with me, you know, like 10 years prior to that. And she knew I didn't know any of this information. And she didn't know whether to call the local rabbi, the local priest to have me exercise, or Bellevue to have me locked up. I mean, she didn't. I mean, the only thing that I didn't do is my head didn't spin and I didn't spit up pea soup. Short of that, you know, all of this loving information came spewing out of me. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and we used to go to That's school. a
0: whole lot. That's a whole lot, because uh, here's my thing. How... How did you manage to remain sane? I mean, if you're seeing spirits, you're seeing smoke, you're seeing all this stuff. How did you manage to keep it even keel and not go crazy? Like your wife thought, maybe you were going crazy.
1: Well, Simone, the verdict is still out on that. <laughs> so,
2: um,
1: I, I would say that you—that I have an audience of two. My wife and I are the only ones that don't think I'm insane. My, my, my. Here. <laughs> Funny story, my daughter we at the ki- kitchen table tonight was reflecting upon um, America's Got Talent show one night, okay, that's on TV right now. And there was this young lady who came on, and all she kept talking about, I just want to experience myself and myself with others. I'm so excited to be here. We're all connected. And she's sitting there going, oh, my God, that's how my father sounds Oh, my God, I really do have a crazy family. <laughs> uh, she, so to, to her, you know, we sound like, you know, they did back in the 60s except without the drugs. Yes. <laughs> okay. You know, life is wonderful and beautiful and we can be connected. But 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 I see the reality. You ask me, how did I stay sane? There was a part of me that needed to trust what I was receiving, but there was also a part of me that thought I was becoming some narcissist that that and, and, and had these illusions of grandeur. But I said, I know I didn't study any of these books. I know where my background came from. And we went to bookstores and libraries, and back in my time, the self-help and the spiritual second sections were called the occult sections. Okay, mm. with all the metaphysical books, right? We were, I was just picking up books randomly, you know, teachings of the masters of the Far East, um, the, the, all of the Bibles, the, you know, the spiritual books from all the different religions, and I would just open the pages, randomly open up the pages and start reading, and lo and behold, I'd come across a paragraph, a line in the book that I just spoke, that I just, that just came into my head. That's how my wife knew I wasn't going crazy. And I think she was convincing me then that I wasn't going crazy because she said, this, ha- this is real stuff. So where this stuff is coming to you from someplace. And then I was guided. Immediately we were introduced and I just kept running across people universally. I know it was divinely guided then at that point because I kept running out of the clear blue from the small town I was living in. I was running into all these people that were directing us and then I was directed to the Education Foundation in Virginia Beach and that helped me. That that gave me a, a solid ground of understanding what was happening and, and I realized then uh, okay I was an actor but that was to get me into the public's view and to give me the skills. Today I'm a powerful speaker because of the skills I had developed as an actor. I know how to grab your heart. And hold it in my hand while I'm feeding you an important message about you and how wonderful you are. And I help you with, but I also feed you how you're blocking yourself. So in the same time that I'm empowering you, I'm also making you face some of your deepest enemies, which is you. Mm. And my, my talents and my skill totally developed from my entire past and experience. So m- I was able to put together the pieces of my puzzle so simply, and that's what I do for others. I actually can, I call it connecting the dots. I help them connect their dots so that they can see where they come from and where it's leading up to now. Everybody's story is leading to something wonderful. Everybody.
0: Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I truly believe that. Vincent, since you have... Um that connection with the spirit world and you're also a psychic. My question is, if we, I I assume that you believe in reincarnation. Do you?
1: Oh, I'm actually doing a past life regression at a spiritual frontiers fellowship meeting next Thursday. Yes. I teach it and I regress people.
0: Okay. So my question is, if, if, we are reincarnating constantly, and, and I, reincarnation is, through, you know, go back again so that we can get the lesson right, correct? We can, we can figure it out and get it right. Why is it that we don't remember the other times that we've been here so that we don't keep repeating
1: everything over and over? We set it up that way. That's an excellent question, Simone, but we set it up that way intentionally. When we first came down on the planet during the time of Atlantis and Lemuria, okay, which are, you know, I don't know if those are the names of the areas, you know, we just, all around the world, people seem to agree on that from the insights that they've gotten, so we'll call it Atlantis and Lemuria is when we came down as both spiritual beings and just when we began incarnating as physical beings, okay, we came down with all the remembrance of who we were. The story of the, all the stories in the Bible are metaphysical stories to help to teach us and, re, and cause us to remember who we really are. So the first story is the story of the Garden of Eden. When we were down in Atlantis, what happened is we, we were kids with a new power and a new toy. All right. God actually created us by becoming us, so it divided itself into us, so here we are with our own little individual experienced mind, or inexperienced mind, coming down to this planet and earth, using the co-creative powers that we have of the God source. Okay. So that's like setting a five-year-old kid loose in Toys R Us. All right. If we set a whole bunch of five-year-olds or kids of any age are loose in Toys R Us, what is going to happen? At first, it's overwhelming, and they yes. may stop at the first aisle and touch the first toy, but Everything. then when they recognize they've got all of those toys there, they want all of them at once, and they start abusing them. That's yes. what the tree of knowledge was all about. We wanted all our knowledge and to experience it all at once. Before, we were big enough and ready enough to handle it all. So, it led to us destroying ourselves. All right. So, we destroy ourselves... We go back to the other side, and we go, okay, we can't do it that way. And our bigger brothers and sisters, which are the we call the archangels, all right, there's a name for them in almost every religion. Those that didn't choose to incarnate on the earth and decided to stay back, they were like with us. You know, we got to do this differently. You guys got to do it differently. You you have too much power down there, and you're hurting each other. So that's when we decided to number one shorten our stay. So now we were putting a time limit on it. Whatever, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever we decided, we decided to shorten our stay. That's number one. Number two, we decided that as long as we were shortening our stay, we would go more times, thus creating less of a karma to have to take care of, thus keeping us from making too many mistakes at one time, and allow ourselves to learn slowly who we really were. We created the seven spiritual centers, or also known as the chakras. We put them inside of us. We said, as we learn to align our chakras, we will gain more memory and understanding and power. Do you remember the movie Star Wars? Yes, that whole series. Okay. George Lucas happened to be a very metaphysical person, and his his story of Star Wars is all about our evolvement and creation here on Earth and our relationship with ourselves and the God Force. The Force that Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader were using, that's God. Mm. And Yoda, Yoda was the one who was telling Luke... You must complete this journey to learn how to use the Force, get rid of all your fears before you can be a Jedi Knight and have full control over it. Otherwise, you'll flip to the dark side. So so that's a primary thing we decided to do is limit our time, limit our memories of the mistakes that we made, so each time we had a new chance of evolving more, Could you imagine if we brought with us, which, you know what, Simone, we we actually do sometimes bring memories of our past lives, and and we do replicate some of the mistakes because we bring them, but if we really remembered all the mistakes we made in the last lifetime, that would be so overwhelming with all the mistakes that we're making in this lifetime. So now, we hate ourselves as it is with the dopey things we do just in one short lifetime. Can you imagine How much we would despise ourselves and how self-critical we would be knowing, holy crap, 3,000 years ago I did the same thing. I cannot believe I can't get over it. (laughs) Right? I mean, think of it that way. Right? Yeah. So each lifetime is a new blessing and a new hope. And in actuality, what people have to realize, we really have grown much more than it appears we have grown. Because when we go back there and we accumulate all our good experiences, they certainly outweigh all our bad experiences. Otherwise, we wouldn't be coming back. We don't have anything we have to learn, okay? We don't even have to evolve. We don't have to do anything. There's no have-tos in God's life. What there is, is the choice to experience who we are and all of who we are. And if God became us, can you imagine how much more there is to us to experience? That's why we keep coming back. And so we wipe the slate as clean as we can. Maybe we bring some gifts with us. Maybe we bring some talents with us. Maybe I make a mistake and I don't turn everything off and I bring some of the bad stuff with me or the fact that maybe I was a woman in the past life. I didn't turn all of that off and so now I'm choosing to be a man in this life but I still have the desires of a woman from the past life and maybe that gets in my way sometimes. So we bring in certain choices with us We're an accumulation of different experiences, so hopefully we do open up more to who we are, and all we're doing is we're remembering more. We're not learning. We're remembering. And we're remembering it at a slow enough rate so not to destroy ourselves again. However, we need to open the doors a little bit quicker because we're still destroying ourselves a little bit slower than we did the first time but it's because we're not opening the doors too much because here's the other side of it. Every time we put ourselves through some nonsense and negative stuff, we get further away from who we are because pain um. separates us from our God source. It doesn't connect us to our God source. So, so that the God source, was
0: going to be my next question. That was going to yeah, be my oh, next question. Oh, go ahead. Go, go, go ahead. Well, what, why is it that we are suffering? Why do some of us go through this suffering, um, you know, really unnecessarily, you know, we because get a or it, whatever.
1: Yeah, because of two words, restitution and retribution. We have awesome. developed the concept of retribution, okay? And we've not realized that the universal law is restitution. So in other words... The eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth concept came with us. The story of Cain and Abel is, again, a story of us. When we're connected to our God force, like Abel was connected to and close to Adam and Eve, our divine masculine, our divine feminine, we feel attended to, we feel loved, we feel safe, we feel secure. When we are detached from our divine feminine and divine masculine, the God source, we feel abandoned. We feel betrayed. We feel like Cain. So the Cain in us winds up killing and overpowering the able in us. Right? So we feel this, this negativeness and then from that point we feel guilt. And we feel so much guilt that we believe, and you can see it in our judicial system even today, That in order for us to make up for it, we have to do something painful, tormenting, hurting, in order to relieve our karma. You see it in kids. You ever see two teenagers, even, they're horsing around. They're best friends, they're horsing around, and one accidentally hurts the other one badly, right? And he feels so bad. What does he tell his friend to do to him to make up for hurting him? Right? He'll sit there and he'll say, go ahead, punch me. Punch, punch me in the arm as as much as you can. Yeah, punch me back. Punch me back, right? Punch me, so, so that'll make up for it. That's what we carry around with us, the idea of retribution. So when we're incarnating again, and we're examining our karma that we created in this last life, if we don't have forgiveness in our heart, we're sitting there going, you know what? Oh man. I got drunk in that past life, and I was in a car, and I killed an entire family. Oh my God, that's terrible. I can't get over that. I'm just not going to be able to get over that. So, you know, our big guys are there, going, "Well, what do you think? Can't you can't you just feel and understand that that was a lower choice, which is restitution, right? You're feeling mm-hmm. that was a lower choice, and okay, that's not a great choice to make. Can't you feel that? No, I'm, I, that's not enough. I feel so bad. And then our oh, guides go, well, then you're going to have to do something about that because you can't stay here with that feeling like that. He goes, you're right, you're right. Where's that family? Where are they? Hey, guys, hey, listen, can you come back to earth with me? And you know what? Um, be my parents and, and abuse me. You, you, you beat me up. Um, you abuse me. You, you ignore me. Or better yet, give me up for adoption. That's it. Give me up for adoption. And and that'll make me – then I'll wipe this slate clean. Then I'll feel so much better. You really want us to do that? Yeah, please. Can you come down and do that with me? That's the dumb stuff we do on the other side. I'm telling you. I promise you that. And the And the proof of that, did you ever see some kids planning to go to college the way they decide to do it? They sit there and they go, the really gung-ho ones go, you know what? I'm going to major in science. All right, and then, you know, I'm going to double major. I'm going to major in law and science. So I'll have a double major. I'll go for two degrees. Now, I know I'm only supposed to take 15 credits per semester. I'm going to do it in 20. I'm going to take 20 so that way I can speed it up. Do we not see that here?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. Because we feel so gung-ho. We feel we're capable of handling that. So if we feel that here with our human limitations, what do we feel over there without any human limitations? We think we can take it all on. I want to grow more. I want you know my I want to skip a whole grade and, and I want to jump into my my college professorate's degree. I want to do a dissertation. So, world, throw it on me now. That's why we go through so much suffering. Wow. And it's completely unnecessary. Completely. So, how, what would you,
0: what would be your suggestion um to to folks who are going through this, you know, pain or suffering? How do you get them back to a miracle mindset so that they can start experiencing mm. miracles?
1: Oh, my God, Simone, that is like a miracle. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> that, that, that was a joke. Okay. You're right. It is a miracle mindset, and it's a. You titled this. I don't know how inspired you were to to title this summit. But let me tell you,
0: complete guidance, complete guidance. I it all just came to me. Everything about this summit was given to me through inner guidance. I I I had no nothing to do with this. Nothing. It's just one day came into my head came into my head, and I just went on. I said, I'm going to follow this, and if, if it's going to happen, I won't be blocked. It will just keep happening, and that's what happened. The name of the summit came through inner guidance. The people for the summit came through inner guidance. Everything came from inner guidance.
1: I absolutely agree with you. It had to have, and I'll tell you why. Now, I, I this is going to sound negative, but bear with me, okay? Okay. It. It will take a miracle. Now, I believe in miracles. Here's the miracle it needs.
0: Thanks for listening in. Do remember to stop by so you can hear next week's episode. I look forward to hearing from you, your voice messages, and your emails. Thanks again. This is Psychic Medium Simone, and you've been listening to Messages from the Other Side. I'm not sure what i